Welcome to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with Senior Pastor Matt Homeyer. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org. Enjoy the podcast. good to be with you this morning. We are glad you are here at Trinity Baptist Church this morning. For those snuggled up by a fire in their PJs at home, uh, we're all a little jealous of you, but glad you've chosen to join us on Zoom or uh, streaming this morning and are glad uh, glad you're able to join us. Thankful for that technology. Um, I spent my week in El Salvador uh, with Stitch Ministries, working with El Peniel Network of Churches down there um, in Santa Tecla, and uh, you'll be hearing more about that in coming weeks at our, our um, town hall and business meeting, but thankful for you all providing that oppor- for opportunity for me to do that. Let me pray for us as we enter into this moment of worship together. God, we do thank you for gifts of your spirit we don't always count, like technology that allows us to be heard, that allows us to join together when we're not able to physically be together. We, we're, I am aware this morning um, of this global movement we are a part of, um, of brothers and sisters in so many languages, so many places, and so many forms and shapes of church this morning happening around this world, this cacophony, the symphony, of praise being lifted up in so many languages, but the same spirit, the same Lord, the same heart at work. God, may we have ears to listen perpetually to our brothers and sisters around the world and what they have to teach us and encourage us about following you in their context. May we all of us, God, be keep our ears attentive to your spirit, leading us in this very large world. In your name we pray, amen. Well, we spent uh, Advent anticipating Messiah, looking forward toward the coming of the Messiah. And, And we spoke of this at Christmas, and we all here in worship and in our homes and in our families told the Christmas story to one another. And we're gonna spend the next few weeks, really this is what we do all year long, but very particularly the next few weeks, um, looking at at incarnation in action. That's the the title of this short mini-series for three weeks that we're in. Again, this is what we do all year long. What, What happens as a result of that baby being born? What does that mean for me? What does that mean for the world? How did that incarnation be put into action. We're going to look at at three particular places over the coming weeks, three weeks, where Jesus didn't tell a story or Jesus didn't sort of obfuscate some of his his plan and, and his message, where he said very specifically, I have come for this. And here today in Mark 10, 45, and next week in Luke 19, 10, and the next week in Luke 7, 34, where Jesus specifically states what he has come to do, what he has come to accomplish. We see incarnation 
in action. I Next week, I have come seeking and saving the lost. The following week, I have come eating and drinking. Today, Jesus says, tells his disciples, and the second to last thing he will do before entering Jerusalem, the last day of his life, I have come not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. I find this a fascinating statement by Jesus. It's one of those statements we might read past. Of course, Jesus came to serve. It's kind of in our system, in our belief, in our doctrine and theology that Jesus came to serve. But if we step back a little bit and think about it on its own merit, I mean, it really is a fascinating statement. Jesus has come not to be served, but to serve. I mean, if we think back on that incarnation story, the Christmas story we've just celebrated, I mean, think of all that happens there, the, the, the miraculous virgin birth, the, the angelic visitations and visions that coordinate and orchestrate the entire thing, the angels, a host of angels appearing at the birth, appearing to the shepherds, uh, the stars moving and aligning to announce the birth, God's very self taking on human form. Everything about that majestic, miraculous story says this is a being for us to serve. I mean, this is a being for us to worship, for us to bow down to, that in the rest of our story, we know this is a, a person, a, a unique, created and uncreated being in the world that we can give our life to. And yet here is God in the flesh. And one of the last things he will do in his 33 years saying, I have come not to be served, but to serve. It's good to be reminded occasionally of the character of God, this God that we've given our life to, how this God compares with others who, who have claimed to be God in the world. God desires our worship, yes. God desires our life to be given to him. God desires our service to him. Yes, God is worthy of our worship and worthy of praise, which we sing, worthy of giving our life to him. All, yes. But this God thinks and feels similarly about us. Not that we are to be worshiped, but that we are worthy of love, that we are worthy of being served by the creator of all that is. I mean, that is worth considering when we think occasionally we need to sit back and, and think about not just that we serve God, not just that we worship God, but who is this God we serve and remind ourselves of this. The other gods that have been out there through history are not known for their service to creation. They're known for, for needing to, we must pay homage, we must bow down. Gods are in the figure of power and we must obey and humble ourselves before them. And yet here we have God of the universe proclaiming, I have come not primarily to be served, but 
to serve. It's worth considering this together this morning. The Greek word used here is, is diakonos in various forms and conjugations. It's the same word from which we draw deacon. Uh, it, it means to serve. In the King James, if you're a King James person, it says to minister, which is a pretty good translation, actually, it, to, to meet needs, to, to see where needs exist in the world, where there is lack in the world, and to meet them, to fill them, to, to wait table it is kind of one of the very literal translations of what it means to be a deacon or to serve in the world. You are a waiter and people are there and, and they have needs that you are there to fill. It's, it's pretty simple. You know, on the one hand, for us seeking to apply this to our life and said, if Jesus has come not to be served to serve, then there is an implication for our life that our life is to be a life of service. On the one hand, this is a radical statement that God in the flesh has come here to serve and we then are to do likewise. On the other hand, we have to admit that service in itself I mean, isn't all that unique? There's a lot of service that goes on in the world. There, there's a lot of groups that organize around service and, and, and meeting needs in the world. And we have to wonder then, how is this service Jesus talks about different from that? I mean, what does it really mean not just to serve in general, but to serve Jesus, to serve in Jesus' name, to meet needs in the name of Jesus around the world? I mean, how does service in the church differ, say, from service in, in, in Rotary Club or something like that? And that's not to knock Notary Club or Rotary Club. My dad's in Rotary Club. My father-in-law's in Rotary Club. I participated in Rotary as a high school student and benefited much from it. But, but you know, one of their tenets for those who are in Rotary or not in Rotary, it's service above self. He profits most who serves most. That's wonderful tenets. Service is a lot of different places. A few years ago, the, the random acts of kindness trend caught on with social media. Do you remember this? When everybody was, I guess it's been around 20 years now, but random acts of kindness, just sow kindness into the world and don't let anybody know you're doing it. And if you're at Chick-fil-A or Starbucks, pay for the person in line and behind you and things like that. You know, as if serving randomly would somehow improve the whole world. Jesus goes on to say that he has come not to be served, but to serve in order that he might give his life as a ransom for many. I mean, Jesus will serve us in many ways, but the prime way is that we are kidnapped by sin, to use the metaphor, the word here, trapped in our brokenness, unable to escape, and, and in unable to save ourselves. And Jesus in his service will ransom us, pay the price for us through the sacrifice in, of his life. This is the context of Mark 10, 32 through 45 is where we're going to be when Jesus starts talking about this service and, and maybe uh, helps us understand what he's telling us to do, what, what he's wanting to do, and, and how maybe serving Jesus is a little different from service through Rotary and any number of other good forms of service in the world. They're on the way to Jerusalem in verse 32. 
and they're, this is the last thing they'll do before Jesus' last week there on life and the triumphal entry. And, and Jesus is going to tell them for the third time, the third time, the, these uh, disciples, um, what's going to happen to him. And, and again, Jesus is often mysterious and, and hard to understand if you were there um, or, or intentionally tells people not to say or talks in stories. But here for the third time, he tells them very specifically that they're going to Jerusalem and he will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes. They will condemn him to death, deliver them to the Gentiles. They will mock him, spit on him, flog him, kill him. And after three days, he will rise. Very explicitly tells them. And for the third time, the disciples uh, don't get the message. And, and we're told he's walking, Jesus is walking in front of them up to Jerusalem. And James and John hear this message of what's going to happen to him. And they, they trot ahead of the other disciples a little bit and catch up to Jesus and say, uh, Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, every parent knows that's a trap, right? <laughs> If your kids come to you and say, I need you to say yes to something, you know, no, nah, I'm not going to do that, right? You know something else is coming. And Jesus says, well, what do you want me to do for you? And they say, uh, grant us to sit one at your right, one at your left in your glory. It seems like they're still missing the point. They're expecting an earthly throne. They're expecting an emperor. They're expecting the overthrow of things. They want to sit in the temple on the right and left of this conquering Jesus Messiah. Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to go through what I'm about to go through? Are you able to drink the cup I'm going to drink, be baptized with the baptism I'm about to experience? They said, yeah, we, we can do that. We're able. Is the, the cup that I drink, you will drink. The baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or my left is not mine to grant. It's for those for whom it has been prepared. In other words, you are going to experience what I'm going to experience. You don't understand what that means quite yet. And we get there past this and the, the other 10 finally catch up and they're very angry that James and John not have gotten it wrong about Jesus, it seems. They're mad that they took the inside track and preempted them for the number one and number two seats. Also missing the point. And that is the context for what Jesus is going to say. That's kind of the background for why Jesus says, I have come not to be served, but to serve. And he uses this missing the point, this adventure in missing the point as a teaching opportunity. And he said, you know, the Gentiles have leaders like everybody else. The Gentile leaders demand authority and they, they lord it over their subjects. But it shouldn't be so with you. It shouldn't be so with us. If you want to be first in the kingdom of God, serve one another. If you want to be greatest of all, become a slave to everyone. Enslave yourself to meet the needs of the world. And only after saying that, pointing this way to us, he says, very importantly, even... Even the Son of Man has come not to be served, but to serve, and will give his life as a ransom for many. 
that word even implicates us, the disciples and you and me, even. If even wasn't there, we might say, all right, this is the road Jesus is going on, but that's the road for him. Even though it kind of implicates us, this is not just for him. It's for, for you and me and the disciples and everyone else who would take up this, that Jesus is our exemplar, yes, but it's the road we are also to, be, to take. This way of servants isn't just the way of Jesus, it's the way for us as well. And you know, I don't think what Jesus is calling us to here is random acts of kindness. I mean, why would we serve randomly? Why would we serve without connecting Jesus, our service to Jesus' love? Why would we serve without intention and, and prayer and relationship? I don't think Jesus is even first and foremost talking about acts of service like the good folks at, at Rotary. Jesus is calling us to a way of being. Jesus didn't just serve, he, he he had a heart of service, a spirit of service. There was a bearing, a, an outlook, a posture to the entire world that infected every ounce of him that was service. Jesus is calling for a spirit to be created within us by the Holy Spirit, cultivated within us that is also within the heart of God. That in us might be birthed the heart of service, a spirit of service th that innately looks to the needs of others in the world, that, that becomes woven into our personality of who we are. We struggle with this spirit of service. All of us, all of us. I mean, there's something within each of us, within all of us. Part of that brokenness, part of that enslavement to sin is the enslavement to self. We, we want to, I think, may be the best word, at least in my own heart, left to my own devices. I really want to look after myself. I want to believe I'm better than I am. I'm very easily puffed up through very small things I do right. And I'm very easily skeptical, cynical and most everyone else and their needs or their accomplishments. Some of us have the temptation, man, the temptations of self are, are so wicked and so sneaky and so pervasive. Some of us, perhaps like me, very too easily build ourselves up and become puffed up and too proud and think too highly of ourselves. And it narrows our vision to ourself and limits vision for anyone else out there in the world, even those we love, much less strangers, neighbors across the street or across the world. Some of us, that temptation is just the opposite. We think so poorly of ourselves. We devalue ourselves. And ironically, it has the same function. We think so lowly of ourselves, we are all we can think of. <laughs> and we don't think we have anything to give. And we don't think we have anything to offer or not much or not that anyone would want. And, and the result is similar. We, we think about our lack and struggle to see the needs or able to meet the needs 
of neighbors. The temptation of the idol of self are so sneaky. Whether we're on the mountains or in the deepest valley, we are constantly tempted to focus on our needs, our successes, our struggles, or, or our, our failure, our, 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 all of which prevents us from focusing on the other. For developing a heart, a spirit, a spirit oriented to the needs of the world. As we contemplate this call of Jesus, that we have a call not just to serve, but to cultivate a heart of service, a spirit of service, a bearing, a posture that faces the world with open arms, ready to give of what God has given to us to meet the, the all-encompassing needs of the world. The good news is that we can't do it on our own. If our response to this sermon is like, all right, I'm going to add five more acts of service this week. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to join that group. I'm going to do to do more is not really the immediate answer. We can't white knuckle it through this. We can't self-determine to be selfless people. The life that seeks to serve and not to be served begins with a heart shaped by Jesus that life, this, this posture is created in us by the Spirit of God. It's, it's something Christ does in us and for us over time as we pray and ask for this heart to be created, as we study Scripture and, and see service, see this heart of service in the heart of God. Our action, our acts of service are secondary to the work Christ does in us to create this Spirit of service. And then slowly as we encounter others, as we listen to the Holy Spirit, we will find service to others happening through our life. You may be led to your neighbor across the street. You may be led to serve your parents and help. You may be led to join Rotary <laughs> in the name of Jesus. You may be led to pay for someone's Chick-fil-A or Starbucks, but not randomly because of a prompting of the Holy Spirit in a way that could start a conversation and a relationship or, or continue. You may be led to get involved in fighting systemic issues of justice in the world. You may be led to change careers. You may be led across the street or across the community, across the globe. What we know is that the Spirit of Christ came not first to be served, but to serve. And will lead us and will join us in whatever meager acts of service we are led to provide. And that the Holy Spirit in those places, in those people we seek to serve, the Holy Spirit will precede us there. We don't take God there. We join God where he's already at work. Y'all, I've been so encouraged in my year here through your heart for service. I thought of that as I was finishing up this sermon of, boy, I don't want this to come as a beating over the head, <laughs> but an encouragement that this is a heart we're always creating within us that always exists. It exists in this place. 
And it's something that we seek to, to ever more generously exist within us. We had Bill Harrison Sr.'s funeral here yesterday. And when I visited with his family, his kids, Sunday afternoon after his passing, they said it's such a comfort to know throughout dad's illness and in his death that whatever our family needs, we just know his Sunday school class in this church is going to meet every one of those needs. He said, we just know that. What a generous, not just act of service, but posture of service to one another that has been shown through the years. I visited with some new members a couple weeks ago. I said, what was it like coming here and being a part of a different church in a, a different community? They said, you know, we didn't really want to like the church at first. <laughs> they said, we came because it was the only church we knew and where it was. And then y'all just loved us so well, we couldn't not come back week after week. I said, y'all just served us and asked what we needed and helped for us and prayed for us and reached out to us. Y'all, this heart of service has been created in our midst. It is being cultivated in our midst. This is not a thump the Bible over your head and y'all do better. No, it's an encouragement. Continue being the people Christ has created us to be. Continue to seek to be generous people that live generous lives. Can seek not just to come here and look in at our needs, which is, isn't necessary, but, but to live increasingly coming here so that we are equipped to face outward in our neighborhoods and in our lives and in our vocations and to see we're here equipped to go and serve the world. For Jesus to create this heart and this vision in us that will go and bless and transform the world so that people do not know God will come to know him, that people far from God will be drawn close. And we get to be a part of that. The challenge is not more or greater. It's for all of us to ever more faithfully reflect the heart of God in our own lives. And the heart of God is not to be served, but to serve. We hope you enjoyed your segment of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with senior pastor, Matt Homeyer. Join us next week for another segment. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org.